That party was the most monumental disaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. oh. <laughs> what to say? I'm, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think, like, <laughs> did that party take place at, like, uh, the Eiffel Tower or something? Was that... <laughs> That party should have never taken place. Yeah. All right. So monuments, tourists, we're going to take you on a trip here this week on Screen Fix, the show where <laughs> the show where we fix a recent film as well as give you a little bit of movie news. Uh, right. I'm JC, and with me always are the hosts that carry the show, uh, our usual host here, Mustachio. Why don't you say hi to everybody? Hey, everybody. And also this week we have a special guest with us. She'll be going by CeeLo. Why don't you say hi to everybody? CeeLo. Hi. All right. And uh, why don't you let us know a little bit about what uh, you did this weekend that was film related. Or maybe you just did something normal. Maybe you finally installed your yoga swing, uh, Mustachio. Just whatever you did, just <laughs> let me know what you, what you did. Lay it on us. We want to know. Mustachio, go. Yeah, I finally in- installed that pad for my downward dog. The quote-unquote yoga swing. <laughs> It's multifunctional. <laughs> the operative word is swing, I feel like, with that. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Okay, so been watching some uh, movies, uh, one of them being this uh, this old movie called The Man Who Would Be King. It's Sean Connery, Michael Caine, Christopher Plummer. It takes place in, like, India, and, like, the, it's, like, 1800s-style con men, and it, it's crazy. But that's not the crazy thing that happened to me recently. I actually found this uh, woman in my neighborhood who was selling like all these comic books. She had a ton of comic books. Uh, it's like she like. Did you buy some? Yeah, or, I did. Wait, and but the weirdest thing that I bought was a digital CD of all the Infinity Gauntlet. And the way for six bucks and the way she sold it to me was like, if you ever get caught with this, we never did business. And I was like, wait, I was like, wait, I was like, I was like, wait, where did you get these things? Was this in like the suburbs? This was in the burbs. There are people in the city selling knockoff CDs on every corner. Not one of them is like, don't tell don't tell anybody where you got this. This was in the burbs. It stuck out. I was like, wait, why is this like little mirage of comic book store in someone's front lawn? And I, yeah. She's like, tell nobody where you got this. <laughs> she's, she's, I'll never be able to show my face at tennis club yeah. ever again. Yeah. She was trying to upsell me on some like shirts and like all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> she she liked my shirt that had a skull on it. And she was like, here, I have skulls on these shirts. And they're like children's shirts. I'm like, uh, look, if we run into uh, each other at the supermarket, yeah. <laughs> you turn that way, I'll go the other way, okay? What is you that? You don't know me. What is that voice? <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was sketchy as fuck, but I'm going to go ahead and read all the Infinity Gauntlet. All right. Sketchy suburban housewives selling illegal... Digital comics. Digital comics. (laughs) This is a new one to me. Wow. That's a good find. Wow. Okay. Let's let's move on to our guest here. Uh, CeeLo, did you do do anything this weekend that was film-related? Or maybe all of your neighbors brought their animals to you to get their glands expressed again? I don't know, like what, whatever you, whatever you needed to do again. Yeah. Did you say again? So, I mean, you're an animal lover. They all flock there. So yes. yeah. So like your your weekend, your weekend, go. Yeah. So my weekend is I drank margaritas. Yay. Hey. Um, I saw the wallflowers. That was pretty. cool. Whoa! You went to a show. I wallflowers. Did. Wow. Yeah. How's old Jacob Dylan looking these days? Pretty much the same with a hat. <laughs> Did anybody else think he was going to be kind of a bigger star than he ended up being? I think he did, too. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Man, living in old Bob's shadow. And then I went to the movies. Oh, then you went to the movies? So I went to the movies. I did go to the movies. For this program? Yes. Excellent work. Excellent Wait, work. Well, no. Oh. I mean, I went in. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of the movies that we're going to talk about, but I didn't go just for that. Did you sneak into a movie or something? Have you ever gone into one movie and then walked into another and just had a double feature do you, do you guys remember ever ever doing that oh yeah definitely uh i had 
I've actually got a story about how I walked away from like where my grandmother and cousins were all inside of uh, the secret garden and I bounced and I went into Kevin Bacon's The Air Up There. <laughs> you come halfway around the world to see me play this basketball? That's what I said. Are you healthy up here? Never said that. <laughs> oh my God, you left the secret yeah. garden? For, for Kevin Bacon. No. What? Gross, no. He left salad for some garden. bacon. It's like a, it's like an eight-year-old boy. I didn't want to sit in the secret garden. I hope you were good. What about you, CeeLo? Yeah, secretly I do. Oh no, no, I don't think so. I think I've, but no, I don't think I've seen two. Ah, oh, straight, straight and narrow. You're, a, you're a straight shooter there, CeeLo. Uh, yeah, or I just didn't want to leave the movie that I went to go see, I suppose. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and just dive into our movie news, shall we? Yeah. Yes. First piece of news here, we're actually going to play a little clip. Uh, Lady Wan, our usual co-host, is jet-setting like usual, always out of the country, went to Europe like two weeks ago. Uh, now she's in Central America. But she has sent us a special correspondence about this news, the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal has been cast as the Spider-Man 2 villain Mysterio. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Hi, Screen Fix friends. Lady One here, sending you my hot takes from in the shadow of a volcano in Costa Rica. So don't ever say I'm not a dedicated podcaster. So I'm thrilled to hear that Jake Gyllenhaal is finally fulfilling my fangirl dreams of being in a Spider-Man movie, even if it's not exactly in the way I hoped back in high school. I had a ridiculous crush on him. So much of a crush that I would argue with people that Bubble Boy was actually a good movie. I watched Donnie Darko on repeat and was actually on his character side when I watched The Good Girl. I saw The Day After Tomorrow in theaters just for him, and I had a wet t-shirt picture of him on my door. What? That movie's about the weather. That, like, is totally appropriate. Anyway, he grew up from this doe-eyed, dreamy dude into a legitimately talented, although still adorable, actor. And I think he's going to be a fantastic villain in Spider-Man 2. Or Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Or Spider-Man Prom. I don't know. Whatever they're going to call this movie. I'm super excited. Can't wait. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Great. Okay, so let's get our t- <laughs> let's get our take on it. So she's in like the jungle and shit like that, and so she's yes, reporting yes, about she these is, movies. Yes, she is in the jungle. Hopefully that she is safe. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about this. So yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal has been cast as Spider-Man Two villain, or he's he's in talks or something. But it's it's a. a Done deal, I believe. Stereo's thing is he is a, I think is like a special effects guy, <laughs> and he, yeah, no, that's what it is. He's he has no, he doesn't, he's not really, he's not really super powered. He's one of those villains that just kind of is skillful, but he does wear a fishbowlish thing on his head. How do you feel? We're gonna let ladies go first. How do we feel about the Jake Gyllenhaal casting as Spider-Man Two villain Mysterio? CeeLo, are you a Gyllenholic? No, I really don't care. It are you drunk okay on me. Jake? I am really not. I I just, I'm not. But it sounds okay to me. He seems like a nice fellow. <laughs> okay, oh, why, what is it about Jake Gyllenhaal that, that's just not doing it for you? I suppose it, I just don't care. You just don't like the cut of his jib? What? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Mustachio, how do you feel about this? Jake Gyllenhaal cast as Mysterio. Are you? A Gyllenholic. Uh, no, but um, <laughs> but okay. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and admit this now. I've <laughs> I've put together a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal's movies, seen bits and pieces of them, been like, seen it. <laughs> it's bad, but there are some that stand out that I'm like, holy fuck! I I'm so glad I watched that movie and like Night like, Nightcrawler or being one of them, like. Yeah. Nightcrawler is amazing. But with the Mysterio, like Mysterio looks like he's got like this giant um, orb bubble on his head. Yeah. And is that like going to be like a, just another bubble boy kind of reference or something? Because it, it looks <laughs> it looks like he's going to be this ridiculous, you know, bad guy. But then 
Michael Keaton is about as realistic as they get. Like he seems right. like a you know a, a good dad but, turned asshole turned vulture. But man. like vulture, he's someone who doesn't like have powers. He just has like intelligence and like a skill set. So he he fits a little bit with that vulture mode in the same way that uh, original vulture in the comics is this dude in a vulturey looking suit with like a big old nose <laughs> so uh, okay so they're they're probably not not gonna go green suit and bubblehead <laughs> they should they're missing out man we've got an art take on this bubble boy dude uh, what do you think like give us your take on it man it it depends i think i think if he plays him as crazy then it's not gonna work like if he like if he suddenly for some reason thinks he's in like Batman and Robin. Yeah, it could really fail. But could. the thing is like, you know, Michael Keaton took a character as absurd as the vulture and made it more grounded and good. And maybe picking someone like Jake Gyllenhaal, who we know has sal- has solid acting chops can take someone like Mysterio and make him more grounded as well and give him a little more uh, gravitas, emotion. Every time Marvel hires a really great actor to be one of these villains, I'm always really excited. Uh, I think the Hall casting is fantastic, and it does make me excited. And I also am excited that Vulture is coming back. I real, I'm one of those pre- people that really loved Spider-Man: Homecoming, the first one. I loved its humor. I loved its heart. I loved everything about that movie. In fact, it's one of the few Marvel movies that I actually watch over and over and over because I don't. It's one of those ones I can put on any. any Anytime when I'm not sure what I want to watch, I can watch that. CeeLo, any Marvel movies that you've watched the most? Hmm. I think mine's Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I think I have watched Guardians over and over and over and could still watch it over and over (laughs) and over. Um, But that and then actually just the first Thor. Yeah, I've I've watched the first Thor many, many times as well. I I find that one great. I find the humor in it great. I like all the... Shakespearean drama. Yeah, I like it. it was I like, like the perfect amount of everything. It's just, I think, a brilliant movie for everybody. For everyone. Uh, one of the trailers that dropped this week was Andy Serkis's Mowgli, yeah. which is yet another telling. Wow, <laughs> what's is is that Mustachio or is that Bagheera over there? What what was that? What what was, it was that? More like Baloo. You. <laughs> it, was oh, <laughs> it, it was a little more bluey. You know, you're over there bluing yourself. Oh, so, yeah. I fucking love this shit. Uh, oh, wait. You referenced. Oh, wait. I didn't know what you oh were referencing there. So, <laughs> Andy Circus, Mowgli, uh, not that long after the wildly successful Jungle Book version that came out, uh, directed by Jean Favreau. Jean, did I just call him Jean Favreau? You made him sound like, like a French <laughs> film noir he was director. So fancy, so like, fancy. Is he in the Criterion collection? Where am I? I found like somebody who makes like French erotica, <laughs> but no. Called the Four Hundred Blows. No, yeah. I don't. Jean, oh oh God. no. Uh, no. Okay, so it's a movie. <laughs> John Fav. So okay, so here we go. Anyway, John Favreau <laughs> directed Jungle Book from Rudyard Kipling's. Uh, book. Uh, anyway, the trailer came out. We all know about Andy Circus and his mocap achievements. This trailer looks like a. Uh, he says it's more faithful to Rudyard Kipling's Rudyard Kipling's story, and it's dark, a little more dark, a little more serious, which is exactly why I think it's gonna fail. But we'll we'll talk about that after. Mowgli trailer. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, I'll let you go first this time, Mustachio. Uh, uh, Mowgli, it looks great. I knew it was going to be a little heavy, heavier uh, than John Favreau's like vision because I mean Andy Serkis, he wants to see something different, a different take on it. There's not going to be like singing. There's not going to be like Christopher Walken as like the great orangutan sing. <laughs> I won't go there. Um, no, Do it. <laughs> I want to be like you. I want to I want to be like you. So get over here, Mowgli, and just teach me the way of the fire. I got jungle fever, oh, and the man. only cure is more Mowgli. Yeah, no, there's we're not going to see anything like stupid hilarious like that. We're going to get like a dark adaptation 
where these characters that we know from <laughs> the storybooks are going to be, you know, it's going to be like a DCEU version of Jungle Book. And That's like, a good way to put it. Let's, let's br- bring it. Bring it. It's the DCEU version of Jungle That is a really good way to put it. That's fantastic. Okay, and what about you, CeeLo? You watch the trailer. What what's your what's your take on this on this Andy Circus Mowgli? Um, I think so. When I watched it originally, I couldn't quite tell if it was going to be more true to the original story or if it was going to like over go over the original story and a little further into the future of what I think we all know is the story. Um, but I guess other than that, I thought it looked looked interesting. I think I'm more intrigued than anything else i don't know i don't understand the timing i with the the disney movie haven't come out i feel like they're so close to each other okay and also it's like this is one of those movies where they're trying to sell it on i mean the story looks dark whatever like it's more true to rudyard kipling but they're also like check out this voice cast but the thing is Jungle Book had a great voice cast. All these movies have great voice casts now, and I don't think you can still sell these movies on voice casting. Hmm. I feel like when they first started bringing on celebrity voices for these films, like that was maybe a draw, but they all have them now. I think because this movie is skewing a bit darker, I think that it's not anything that anybody is going to see because now it's, it's looking a little freaky for kids. Right, yeah. so it might be a little little dark for the kiddos, and the adults have already watched Jungle Book twenty times with their kiddos. Why do they want to go see this one again? Exactly. Like, I don't know who this is going to appeal to. Who knows? Maybe it finds some kind of audience, but it's going to need a trailer, maybe better than what we got, or showing us a little a little more than what we got. Is it going to like flop like uh, Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, when they take Tarzan out of the jungle? <laughs> This is going to flop just less hard than Happy Time Murders. No way. No way. This has got Andy Serkis and his Which whole is like, team. The same this deal. has got like the Weta Workshop on it. Like th- They are going to make this movie like full tilt. But it's kind of this the, the same thing. It's like you've made a kid's property into... You're making it dark now. So now you've taken the kids out of it. And you're taking a story that was meant for kids and trying to say it's for adults too. Look at so this. So is this going to be like just like, like the random makeout movie that no one's in or something? <laughs> I mean, I had someone making out in my theater at, when I saw the Amy Schumer one. Really? In that one? Yeah. Okay. I mean. Yeah, they were they were going at it. It was it was not it was not okay, good. Okay. And I was like Could you hear it? And they was changed, it like they <laughs> Ew, no, I uh, no i didn't hear any moist slapping so you were watching them no i was in front of them they moved oh. actually mid-movie wait to the back oh they moved to the back that's when you know that they've consciously said we're not gonna watch this movie anymore just i just want wow. to feel sensations yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow screen fix getting off the rails <laughs> The thing is, is for me to forget about Jungle Book, this trailer needed to blow it away. No. Speaking of Happy Time Murders, how I said that these are both going to flop, the Sesame Workshop, who are the people that uh, are the ones behind Sesame Street, obviously, they're suing the makers of Happy Time Murders. Um, And for the most part, that's because of the fact that uh, Happy Time Murders isn't shying away from the parallels between these puppets and the Sesame Street puppets. I mean, in their marketing, it says, no Sesame, all street. So there it is right there. Like, they're making the, the comparison right there. And even, they've even said that, like, this is what the Muppets do after the lights go out on the on the show or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sesame Street doesn't like uh, their take on what the puppets are doing after dark. Quote, the defendant's wildly distributed marketing campaign features a just-released trailer with explicit, profane, drug-using, misogynistic, violent, copulated, and even ejaculating (laughs) puppets. Right. And... (laughs) Um, uh, <laughs> lawsuit came out, uh, last week we talked about this and we, uh, none of us thought that this movie was a good idea. Um, uh, did you see, watch a trailer for this one, CeeLo? Yeah, 
I did. And oh, I think I'm horrified. I I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. What was the most? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's why it's gonna flop. A, but B, this movie was made by Brian Henson, who's one of who's one of Jim Henson's sons. Yeah. So I'm even. I'm now. And, I'm confused too. I should have thrown that in there. I'm horrified and confused. I feel like he's like purposely sh- like shitting all over his dad's work, right? Like, did do they not have a good home yeah, life? Like- <laughs> Was was uh, Brian Henson's oh, no. like he he loved Kermit. He never loved me. He you loved a felt sock you put your fist in. Yep. I um it can be the only explanation as to how we got here. He never put his fist up my behind. Oh my goodness. So uh how do you feel about this whole situ mustachio? Yeah, the more I think about it, I'm like, I want them to have creative control to be able to do something wild and, you know, obscure like this, but not in the same tone of some stupid, dumb, inappropriate kind of joke. I'm all for inappropriate humor, but not if it's just haphazardly thrown together. Yeah, this is like the the Jim Henson's son, I don't know, getting back at maybe Sesame Street that's had creative control over what his father created for a long, long time. It's like the big, big F.U. to Sesame Street. It's it's bold. <laughs> so, CeeLo, uh, what's your take on this whole lawsuit? I think I can't blame them. I, I don't know if, oh. I think maybe a lawsuit's extreme. I mean, the... The only thing that I think the lawsuit is going to accomplish, if I understand it correctly, is just their marketing, um, which I feel like it's a train wreck and it's doomed anyway. So I I don't know if the marketing taking a hit is really going to make that big of a difference. I feel like they probably looked into it really hard, though, because I feel like they wanted to stop it or stop something in some way. And the only thing they could really get was the marketing piece but i imagine that that was just their only avenue at trying to stop it i don't want to be watching it and going oh that's a that's a stand-in for swedish chef (laughs) oh that's a stand that's a stand-in for (laughs) big bird for animal animal (laughs) right that's a big bird of course of course mustachio oh r-rated big bird you've been waiting for this oh my god (laughs) What has my life become? <laughs> anyway, Happy Time Murders, Being Sued, the intrigue, the drama of Hollywood. Um, so we talked a, a little bit ago about Men in Black having Tessa Thompson join Chris Hemsworth in this Men in Black film. Now they've added Liam Neeson. All right, so I know you guys have got to be talking about the new Men in Black movie, spin-off, reboot, whatever you want to call it. Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, reuniting from Thor Ragnarok. Can't wait. And now Liam Neeson's going to be in it? Oh my gosh, are those monkeys? Oh my gosh, you can totally cut this out, but there is a family of monkeys. Oh my god. This is amazing. Like, this is the greatest place ever. Sorry. Anyway, Liam Neeson, he's going to be the head of the UK agency. So I assume we're getting full on Irish brogue, Liam Neeson. And I am down for that. Um, I hope he gets to be silly and funny as well. I assume Chris Hemsworth is going to be cracking me up all through this thing. I have such a soft spot for Men in Black movies. So my expectations and my hopes are really, really high. I am eagerly anticipating a trailer whenever that's going to be. Can't wait. And can't wait to hear what you guys think about it, too. Liam Neeson is taking his talents to Men in Black. How do we feel about this? What's your take on this? Are you excited that there's a a new Men in Black coming out with new characters with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson? And how do you like the addition of of Liam Neeson? I'm going to let you go first this time. CeeLo. I think the only thing I have to say is that I wish they would just leave it alone. That's where I'm at. That movie was like 90s. It was amazing. Summer blockbusters. It was. was It also had the power of Will Smith at his height. So you had a, a top man in Hollywood, Will Smith. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is a big star, but he hasn't done... He hasn't been such of a big star outside of Thor. 
how do you feel about this mustachio? Do you feel like Men in Black is going to make a comeback? And does Liam Neeson help push the needle? No, no. I mean, we were talking last time about who's going to be the old guy, Rip Torn character, and we didn't really know who they're going to have. Are they going to stick to that format where they come in and, you know, that kind of cop-esque you know, bureau boss is yelling at them. You blew away half the town. Now, now we got Liam Neeson's inappropriate ass like up there for that. And he's just going to be like scowling at them. And Liam Neeson's always going to do Liam Neeson, Irish gruff, you know, dickhead. Are, do we really need that? (laughs) Irish gruff. Yeah. Like, do we really need that? Like in a men in black movie, doesn't, doesn't a men in black movie have to have like a certain amount of like silliness to it? Men in Black almost had this like manic energy to it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, enough to scare you at times. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's got like this like manic yeah. energy to it, which was which was really good as well. And I don't know if if Liam Neeson brings that so much. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our uh, our next our next topic. Uh, the Boba Fett movie has landed writer director James Mangold. So a first of all, there's a Boba Fett movie, and also. They landed James Mangold, the writer and director of Logan. How do you, uh, how does this make you feel, CeeLo? Um, I'm I'm good with it. I I'm I'm looking forward to it actually. Um, and I I think that in general the character is just so popular. Um, I think that they're gonna put a lot of care into this to make sure that it's big and and do the the character justice. How do you feel about people who? say that Boba Fett isn't a character, he's just a cool outfit. He uh, does have a cool suit, but also, then, good. Then this film will show us why we should love him like we do. I'm looking forward to it. Let's bring it on. Yeah. Boba. Boba. Do you think Do you think Boba Fett drinks boba tea? Obviously. Wait a minute. Obs. His origin story is he invents boba tea. Oh, my God. That's clearly what this is. It's staring James Mangold right in the face. <laughs> It's going to be a missed opportunity if he doesn't go with that. I was a prisoner in the tapioca mines. Um, Mustachio, uh, what are your thoughts on all this? I'm game. I um, Yes, we've talked about how they're making, like they, they could possibly make a spinoff for Lando, 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 for Lando for Calrissian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so like... Close. <laughs> for, for some like millennial named Landon. I tried to make him a white guy there for some reason. And, you really and I feel did. like you an tried. asshole for doing that. Landon definitely drinks boba tea. <laughs> it's all coming together. It's all coming together now. I liked Patton Oswalt's um, take on it where he just wants to see it, him pull his maul out of the briny deep of, of that sarlacc pit and fucking get up and start flying and like relentlessly pursue them again uh like a, the headhunter fucking horseman that he is i i want to see some cool shit i love jetpacks ever since i was a fucking boy jetpacks have been the coolest thing in the world as long as with you know guns on your arm yeah so like so, I'm game. boba fett's death is a rather unceremonious one in the star wars universe he he gets his jetpack just like bumped by Han Solo and he goes flying against yeah. the wall Bink. of the barge and then just ro- rolls into the <laughs> rolls into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. And and yeah. that's it. His whole Star Wars career is done with a burp. Hopefully with Boba Fett they can go back and tell a more unique story without being tied to having to show fans uh, any any one certain event. And maybe that's more freeing for a writer like James Mangold. Hopefully he keeps it grounded, a la Logan. His involvement is th- is the only reason why I'd be excited in a Boba Fett movie at all. So, uh, good on you, Disney. Uh, super quick, last thing: uh, the City of Lies trailer dropped. Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker trying to solve the murder of Biggie Smalls. Did this trailer do anything for you, CeeLo? To be honest, this is the only trailer that I have ever fast-forwarded through. <laughs> this is this is a documentary kind of a situation yeah well there's already like a, a tv series called unsolved and there's unsolved yeah. the murders of tupac and notorious big like it's yeah. it's sorry like this topic has already been dove into we know uh, 
And now one hundred percent. And now for yes. some reason, now for some reason, we need Johnny Depp to uncover this. I think Johnny Depp he needs he's to, done. He needs to take a large break from mm-hmm. from Hollywood, but he can't because he's got so much debt. <laughs> Does he? Yes. Oh shit! That's why he's, he's here. indebted. Uh, John, Johnny Depp is on his way to being the next Nicolas Cage. Where he's just, oh no, where he's just oh. in everything. He's in yeah. stuff that's good. He's in stuff that's terrible. He's yeah. in, he's saying yes to everything. That's how did he blow all his Pirates of the Caribbean money? It was highly publicized with his divorce from Amber Heard and uh, his finance people sued him or something like that. And yeah, apparently, oh, yeah. He, apparently he mismanages his money horribly. I mean, you heard it here. In less than two years, there will be a direct to streaming uh or like what is that uh vod there will be a <laughs> vod film starring johnny depp and nicholas cage together <laughs> you heard it here on screen fix you're also going to hear on screen fix our fix of deadpool 2 you're no fucking hero you're just a clown Dressed up as a sex toy. So dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? So Deadpool 2 won its opening weekend. It did not break the record for largest opening by a rated R movie, though. It did not beat its predecessor's record. The record still is held by Deadpool 1. Uh, It came in second, and it came in between Deadpool 1 and It. Uh, It made $125 million over that weekend. Well, it did make, I think it did make over 300 million worldwide in its first weekend, which is awesome. As far as how it was received, it's 82% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and has an audience score of 86%. And in its second week, it dropped 77%. It got a bit, it was a steeper drop than was expected. Uh, Solo came out and it was gobbling up its, gobbling up its audience. And Avengers Infinity War is still out there as well. But Deadpool 2, we can't fix this movie until we know what this movie is all about. And for that, we always rely on our own Mustachio and his sassy summary. Oh, hello there. So you want to know about this movie? If you haven't seen it yet and you're still listening to me, then I applaud your exquisite lack of taste in film and your desire to hear spoilers for the shit that you haven't seen. Well done. Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds' character, Wade Wilson, Deadpool, gives us some great narrative backstory action. And as far as slashing up and executing every gang member and bad guy all over the world, he's killing it. But he lets one get away. Poole comes home to his wife by lollipop ring, Vanessa, played by Morena Baccarin. And now they're ready to make some baby-making love action. More romance ensues, and then the bad guy who got away slips through the door and shoots and kills her. So he chases down the dude, pulls him close, and he steps in front of oncoming traffic. That still didn't kill him, so he's back at his flat, kicks back on several gas drums, and gets blown to shit. We're told that this is a family movie, but after watching Vanessa get killed and his ugly suicide, I'm left thinking, what? How in the super fuck is this a family movie? Colossus collects his nasty bits, and he does a Deadpool baby appendage shit, and now he's ganked Professor X's powered wheelchair, and he's rolling around the grounds of Xavier's School of Gifted Children. He's super pissed that the studio didn't shell out for just one more X-Men. Oh, wait, no, we see several of them, but they're in, like, some meeting, and they're trying to avoid this, you know, awkward interaction with Deadpool. I did read that, according to Evan Peters, a.k.a. Quicksilver, this cameo scene was the tame version of what they recorded so there could be a provocative short scene in the bonus <laughs> material. Oh my god! Wow, what, did they all really? moon him or something? Yeah, like I want to see this. Whatever that is, show us that. I want to see beasts being beastly. <laughs> Beast. Beast. Oh, oh no! You can go anywhere with that. All right. <laughs> so Poole reunites with Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and he's introduced to her new girlfriend Yukio. They go on a mission to de-escalate a scene where a hefty young New Zealander boy named Firefist is about to burn down the orphanage that he's been in. This kid is firing on anyone who gets close and Poole's trying everything not to lose his temper and start shooting. And did I mention that the Merc is looking all fashionable in his mesh X-Men trainee crop top? Well, (laughs) Poole finds out that the boy that uh, this place is full of abusive perverts and he shoots the creepiest looking fucker in the face. 
Colossus takes him down and he wakes up in prison with fire fist and where he's got a super collar suppressing shot collar or whatever. Uh, cut to a dystopian ugly future where Josh Brolin's character Cable is sifting through the ashes uh, to find a burned teddy bear. Cut back to the prison and now we hear the boy talking some shit to who he thinks is the biggest guy in the block and he's going to make him his bitch. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the Merc is totally defeated and broken. He's cracking very few jokes. Well, I'll say his his cancer is 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 back because he's got oh, yeah. the the power oh, suppressor on his neck. Yeah, yes. yeah, and and yeah. So he tells this kid to make friends, not enemies, with the biggest one there. Well, Cable transports to the prison and starts using his gadgets to find and kill the boy. Deadpool helps him by fighting the big fuck and just getting beat down hard. Finally, he gets to fight somebody who not only gets his jokes, but actually returns fire with these quips of fury. It's fucking good. Uh, in order to save the kid, Deadpool explodes a futuristic grenade on Cable and himself, and they tumble down a snowy mountainside. Rock meets bottom. Pool then finds himself being told by Vanessa in this mystical realm, back at his flat kind of thing, that he's not ready, and he gets transported back to all this bullshit. Back at blind Al's place uh pools popping massive bags blow into his face and now uh we have tj miller's weasel character that and they're gonna form this what's called a super duper fucking group that's tough morally flexible and young enough to carry their own franchise for 10 to 12 years uh, a funny interview scene which introduces us to several heroes with seemingly the stupidest superpowers imaginable there's Bedlam with bioelectric ability, Shatterstar, he's a great swordsman. Vanisher, um, he's invisible. Domino, uh, her superpower is luck. Zeitgeist vomits acid. And Peter's just Peter. Funny montage planning sequence gets laid out over a crayon-drawn map in order to hijack a prison car convoy and subvert Cable from killing the boy. After a wind advisory, the newly formed X-Force parachutes down into the convoy and we see Deadpool witnessing one gruesome death after another and all that's left is domino so it's some funny shit <laughs> while riding a vespa up to the convoy deadpool is astonished that domino infiltrates and is now driving the big rig he gets on board frees the kid fights cable all the while <laughs> so we get a hilarious sequence where they had previously built up a bad guy named black tom but they yeah, <laughs> yeah they go they can they can do whatever the fuck they want, so they just have Cable kill him in the most uneventful way. Black Tom, as historically in the comics, is Juggernaut's friend. They go on evil romp adventures romps, together. Yeah, and, they, and they, they show us that they can do whatever they want creatively with it. And so we, when we thought there was going to be more with Black Tom, it just turned out to be like a joke for Cable to get called racist. Inya plays as the convoy is blown to shit off the bridge. Domino lands safely and Poole gets ripped in half by the juggernaut. That's the big thing that the kid released. Back at Blind Owls, Deadpool is baby-legging it and Domino, Weasel, Dopender, and Cable stop in. Cable tells him that this future Fire Fist grows up and kills his wife and daughter along with innumerable others. The seriousness of this scene is kind of juxtaposed by some baby leg basic instinct action, and everyone's reactions are priceless. Cable can't stop the juggernaut on his own, so he barters a Deadpool to give him 30 seconds to save the kid, becoming a villain, or else he's going to kill him. Stopping by the X-Men headquarters, Deadpool tries to coerce the crew into helping him, but alas, with his sweet boombox iPhone cover and his say-anything heavy reference, it falls on deaf ears. But Yukio is happy he stopped by. Yukio! She always is. Back at the orphanage, Juggernaut puts up one hell of a fight, but finally gets subdued by way of anally induced uh, electrocution. Fire Fist sees Deadpool take a bullet for him, and while wearing this super power killing shock collar, this is a long sequence where he really heightens the intensity of his death, but everyone seems kind of annoyed by the end of it. It's, it's very Deadpool-y, but it goes on a while. Well, he visits uh, Vanessa once again. Uh, Cable actually uses his last time travel to go back and put Deadpool's Vanessa token coin thing into his top pocket, which then he shoots in the now realm, and it stops the bullet, thus saving him. So now Wade Wilson comes back from the Vanessa realm because he's alive again, 
and um, he's back with this ragtag group of the X-Force. Dopender mows down the headmaster pervert guy with his taxi cab. Oh, and, and Juggernaut's still alive. Uh, that's the end. They walk off. The credit sequence uh, footage shows us that Yukio and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, they fix Cable's time machine travel mechanism, and Poole goes and saves Peter. Um uh, and then he also goes back and kills that stupid X-Men Origins Baraka Deadpool character. And he puts a bullet in Ryan Reynolds' fucking head when he's reading the script for the Green Lantern movie. Yes, cleaning up those timelines. You did it. You did it. You always do it. Do you need a drink of water? Uh, yes. Water. Right, here you go. Well, well okay, don't, don't choke on it. Don't, take, breathe. Breathe while you do that. Take, breathe. It's not, it's not good. It's not good English. It's not good. (laughs) Don't listen to him. (laughs) Take breathe. I'm alien, JC. Take breathe. Take breathe. Cuban. All right. So that is our sassy summary. Before we just dive into what we would fix about this movie, we understand. uh, I I think it's safe to say that we all liked the movie. Probably. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I don't want to speak for everyone, but yeah, uh, we all liked it. And of course, here at, at Screen Fix, we don't fix movies because we're all like malicious or vindictive we just like to dissect and talk about movies just like it uh just like just like movie geeks like to do regular old movie geeks before we begin let's say something that we liked about this movie movies are made by thousands of not that well hundreds of cast and crew let's go ahead and say something we liked about this movie uh what did you like about this movie mustachio go i like the relationship uh between negasonic teenage warhead and yukio i like how you know, there's like an LGBTQ relationship in this. I like the fact that they have a plus size Kiwi child actor superhero and or super villain. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Oh, and my favorite part, the Inya playing as they <laughs> crashed over the bridge. Okay, a uh, bit about me. I've actually got the Shepherd Moons album in my car right now. Oh, what? It's been, it, it, it's wait, been, right yeah, now? Yeah, it's been in my CD player for like two months. What are you like? Sail away, sail away, sail away. Are you digging the Orinoco flow in your car? Oh my god, I love Inya. That was such a good part. I hate to be so unoriginal, but I feel like that was amazing. Right? That was an amazing part of the movie. Yeah, like it, it was. It was so good. I, I mean, I did have a friend say that that felt like a very Deadpool one, you know, like feel to the movie. But I, I, I like how they use the music in it. But for that one. Like it touched it touched me like like more so than my friends because I'm the only one with Inya in my car out of my buddies. Um, yeah. Now they know. Yep. And you're not getting invited to any more movies. <laughs> I'd invite you. Aww. Aww. Sweet. <laughs> Making new friends forever. They're Inya. It's such an On Inya thing to fix. do to bring us together. Mm-hmm. So eighty. Uh, so, all right, the Enya stuff, you like that. Uh, uh, CeeLo, is there uh, something that you liked in this movie? What's just, like, one thing you liked? Come on. You liked Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> He's a dream cake. You know, I loved, I loved, I don't know. I, guess I want I just him to Reynolds carnage. wrap me up. No, I'm going to go with, like, the carnage and death. I really enjoyed that. You liked the carnage, and are yes. are you specifically referring to how the X Force was dispatched? I very much did enjoy the X Force. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I thought it was great. I enjoyed their deaths. That, was it out of nowhere? Yeah, yeah. I, I had. I did not know it was going to go that way. I did not have any mm-hmm. idea that was coming, and then they all died miraculously. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, they actually did a, a great job of hiding that in the marketing. Because I feel like everyone was like, all right, the X-Force. It's going to be an X-Force movie now. And then, nope. That was great. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a wood chipper. And <laughs> there was the power so lines. Like, I, Hel- helicopter blades. Helicopter, like, is that how a Shatterstar went? Because I forgot his. What, okay, no. no uh, yeah, Shatterstar goes on the helicopter blades. How does blades. Bedlam go? Terry Crews' character. I don't... Bet he gets hit by a bus. Oh, yep. They use a bus a lot. He gets hit by the bus. Uh, Vanisher gets shocked on the power yeah. lines, and the reveal there, spoiler, is the is Brad Pitt's cameo. Yeah, that's what I read. I was like, I didn't see that. You know, what? I thought you didn't so. See when that? I saw his face, I was like, that was him, right? No, but I, I, I couldn't be sure. I couldn't be sure. I was like, oh my god, Brad Pitt! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, he's dead. 
<laughs> oh, he's well. He's dead. <laughs> that's that's who that was. <laughs> uh, Bill Sk- Bill Skarsgård's character was the wood chipper. Oh, and then of course uh, the creepy zeitgeist just, dude. Yeah, uh, Peter gets barfed on by a zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that Peter yeah. scene was rough, man. That acid. That actually away. was. That was bad. <laughs> oh, Peter! Shit, <laughs> poor Peter. I liked that the movie didn't forget the reason why we were there to see a Deadpool movie. Not necessarily for plot so much, but we're we're there to watch a comedy movie, and they really laid into the jokes. They threw lots of jokes in there, and that's just what I like about these Deadpool movies. They're definitely comedy send-ups first and superhero movies second. So let's go ahead and let's dive into these fixes. Do you have a first fix, maybe a minor one for us? You can go ahead and go first. Ladies first, CeeLo, go. All right, so... I don't feel like I was made to care about the other characters as much. Like, I feel like maybe if they had spent just a little more time fleshing out maybe some of those big mutant fighting big mutant, that I think I would have liked that. Like, at one point, I I felt like a caught. I'm like, is Juggernaut Xavier's brother? Like, did I just hear that correctly? But that was like the only that was the only part that I caught that I was like, oh, I probably should care who he is. And then, oh, he's dead. Do I care? I don't know. I don't think I was made to care. So, no, I don't care. Yeah, there's more of that in this movie than there even was in the first one, where it's just a lot of characters doing things around Deadpool that you don't really learn a lot about. It's true. Fire Fist, you learned, was you know, subjected to abuse in an orphanage, you know? Yeah, that yeah, that one yeah, we were definitely made to care about, and that was sad. Cable gets a little bit of Fire Fist kills my wife and kid. Yeah, boo-hoo. But other than that, I mean, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, we still know nothing about. Two movies in a, in a row now. We, we've, we've now spent two movies with this character. <laughs> nothing about Negasonic <laughs> right. Teenage Warhead at all, other than the fact that she's angsty and, yeah. and a, a, a teenager. Is there any character in, in, in particular that you would have liked to have known more about? And how do you think the movie could have gone about fixing that? I would actually say the Juggernaut. I would have actually liked to have known more. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of lead up to who is the giant the, in the basement or wherever he was kept and then found out who it was. And I was like, oh, okay, now we're going we're gonna to get to know somebody here. And then we did not get to know him. Not even a little bit. They, they just kind of resigned him to being Fire Fist Muscle. Yeah, exactly. Which is totally wrong for Juggernaut. My, my first really simple one is the cutaway scenes when Vanessa is in some kind of form of hell or purgatory or something. Every one of those scenes kind of took me out of the movie and I was suddenly kind of bored. I, they were trying to really cram in some drama there or some like life lesson-y type of thing. But every one of those scenes was played really seriously and I thought they could have done something fun with that also. Like maybe they could have made it look more of like a waiting room between heaven and hell and he keeps on arriving there and she keeps showing up from like this the, like the elevator that says heaven or the elevator that says hell or something and she goes she's allowed to like sit there with him for a minute and like talk to him and then she's got to go back and he can't go with or something maybe he doesn't have access to one of those elevators i just thought they could have done something more creative and more funny and more to the heart of these kind of humorous films so, like, I wanted him to arrive at, at something more like Death's Waiting Room, not some, yeah. like, yellow replica of an apartment, melodrama, boring thing. I, I, I wanted something more creative and funny in, in the vein of Deadpool. That's good. That's, that's, speaking of yellow, my minor gripe would be their prison outfits. It just looks like they pulled them directly <laughs> from Guardians of the Galaxy. From Guardians, like, yeah. What the shit. Come on, like yeah. James Gunn's wardrobe is being robbed for this yeah. movie. Like, is that are they trying to fuck with us on that? Maybe yellow's the new black. There we go. <laughs> All right, so I did see Deadpool two before jetting off to the jungle. I got some fixes, and I'll be brief because that. Family of Monkeys is getting a little bit closer than before. Um, It's probably fine, though, right? I mean, anyway. 
cable. Seems like they're kind of teeing it up like maybe we're going to get some more cable in Deadpool in the future. Maybe, maybe Deadpool 3. We'll see. I don't know. I wasn't really feeling cable as a character with more than two dimensions. He's got like weird greasy abs and also greasy metal parts and like a super cliche backstory without being a super comic book nerd and knowing the real explanation behind Cable I do know enough to know that this isn't exactly how it goes in the comics and it just felt a little similar to Wade's issue and I guess they're supposed to bond over that like Wade was about to have a family and he lost his girl and Cable lost his wife and his daughter and I guess that's why they connect over their motivations but I don't know it just felt weak I would have preferred something with maybe a little higher stakes. Like, he is ready to come back in time and kill a child because a child was killed. You know, like, it's... Where's the line? Just like Deadpool says, like, well, why don't you just go back in time and kill Hitler instead? Like, I don't really know what the line is. I just wanted something a little bit bigger for Cable. I wanted him to be more important. Something a little meatier than just a guy with a sad story. Because everybody's got a sad story. I wanted something a little more. Um, okay, I... Can... Okay, okay, those monkeys are getting really close, so I gotta go, um, fix the movie. Okay, bye. So, Alright, uh, Mustachio, you got it? You got another one? You got a fix for me? Dopender. I, I love his character, but I felt like, you know, there could have been so much more done with him other than just, you know, him doting on Wade Wilson's character, talking him up about his cute girlfriend, and then also kind of wanting to be a part of the X-Force team, but they're just not letting him in. And then he's mainly their designated driver. It's like, come on, I, I wanted more of more Dopender stepping up and them accepting him. So... I know we can't give him a superpower like these other X-Force retardos. Yeah, but if we can get Peter, I feel like we should be able to include him. I'm with you. Yeah, if Peter's good. I think it adds so much to it. And we already know Dopinder, but I just I just don't like this, this emasculated Indian cab driver friend who doesn't get to do much other than, you know, cuss when he can't be a part of the team. So I would let his his character kind of step in and be part of the interview process and him be a part of a part of like choosing the x-force weasel's there because he's hilarious arguably (laughs) right he's oh yeah so dopender fucking let him step up and and be a part of it more and not just the butt of like a joke of how he's he's just there dopender yeah Got another one in your bag, CeeLo? I do. My only other tiny gripe, although I guess this is my my biggest one, is that I really feel like I would have liked a lot more if they stopped at the first ending. It was like, you know, like in the Lord of the Rings, right? We've got like seven different endings going on. And depending on who you talk to is which ending they liked the most. But I really liked it when everybody was just dead. I really did. I, I'm i okay with Vanessa being dead with Deadpool. Um, I think Mustachio called it the magical realm. I thought that them two just being off in the magical realm was super cute. And I'm fine with Peter and the rest of the X-Force being dead and staying dead. Totally okay with it. I really feel like the time traveling there in the end was... I mean, it was, it was good, you know, but um, I just would assume that everybody just be dead. That's how I liked it. You wanted, uh, <laughs> including, in, including Deadpool. Yes. I liked the ending. Yeah, I've killed any more sequels. Yeah, so that, like your take on that remi- reminds me a lot of how they set it up in the trailers as, you know, you killed it with two, where there's not going to be a three. Like, almost like this Joe Dante, director of Gremlins, saying, we're going to do it so much up on the second one and kill off everybody that there's no fucking way that the studio will make us do a third one. Yeah. But I mean, it was, you know, it, w- it was good because then we could go back and, um, you know, and, and watch Deadpool fix some things that clearly needed to be fixed. Like, I will, I'll give it that. But I thought it was a beautiful ending to a funny movie. Bring it on one night, Willie. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and say my 
last one. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a doozy. It fixes a lot of uh, character problems that I have with uh, the movie. Problems I have with the fact that uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead doesn't do anything, and the fact that the Juggernaut is deeply powered down. I feel like the Juggernaut is one of the strongest characters we have in all of Marvel Comics as far as like Earthbound characters. I mean, he he has come up against Thor's hammer and not been hurt. He is shattered barriers thrown at him by Doctor Strange. He can run through planets. I mean, he can he withstood blows from World Breaker Hulk. I mean, in fact, the only Hulk that ever stopped him was when he was one of the four horsemen and he had like celestial power-ups. Dang. The Juggernaut isn't just a guy. The the Juggernaut is for starters, he's I mean, he is he started out as just a guy. He was like Professor X's jerky stepbrother that used to beat on him. But he was like a soldier or some kind of thing and he came across this gem in a temple and it turned him into the the Juggernaut and eventually he got a fraction of the powers of this demon god called Sidorak. And he is Juggernaut is insanely powerful. There's very few that can even fight him. That's why he's so dangerous. And the fact that he was just turned quickly into like fire fist muscle was very, very bizarre. There was an instance in the comic books where Juggernaut was saved by this superhero. I think his name was Squid Boy or something. (laughs) He was saved from drowning. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was saved from drowning by Squid Boy. And he... kind of turned good there for a little bit uh, or at least he tried to go straight but um, which you know there there could have been shades of that with fire fist a little bit so this is this is my my change for some of this stuff so I wanted Deadpool to get to get through to Fireboy before they even enter the orphanage and I also wanted juggernaut to have been confused about where fire fist was leading him to maybe when fire fist said i'm going to go attack a school of mutants with this headmaster or whatever he got confused and thought that's like charles xavier and it, like maybe he thought he was going to confront his 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 brother which is always his his goal that's always juggernaut's goal juggernaut and fire fist show up Deadpool gets through to Firefist first, and Firefist tries to get through to Juggernaut, but you can't do that. Juggernaut's insane. At the end, it's Juggernaut that turns into the the main villain. Because in any other universe, in any other world, Juggernaut is the your main villain, not mm-hmm. Firefist. I mean, Juggernaut is crazy, right? So everybody's got to pull together now to Did stop it- Juggernaut and. The way that you stop Juggernaut is not by putting electricity in his butthole, <laughs> like like in the movie. Yep, he did that. It was you don't. Bad. <laughs> you, do, you don't. You don't give him like a literal shocker. You, <laughs> Whoa! You, oh my god! <laughs> Totes. <laughs> like basically, you have to find some way to constrain him, which you can you just can't do. Or what you do is you get his helmet off, yep. which is very hard. Yep. Like that's how you stop Juggernaut. You get his helmet off. So all of them together use their combined strengths and powers, cable, all them to get his helmet off. And here's where we can bring in Negasonic Teenage Warhead. In the comics, Negasonic Teenage Warhead has slight Jean Grey type, Emma Frost type powers. She, she's got mind powers. She, she doesn't just make blast waves. So earlier on, when Deadpool is at the mansion, you could see Negasonic Teenage Warhead leaving Emma Frost taught mind classes, right? So she's like early on in her mutant career using mind power and they will need her when it comes time to stop Juggernaut. So they, they end up getting Juggernaut's helmet off and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, they, ha- they have to protect her while she's trying to mind control Juggernaut. And they end up subduing him Negasonic Teenage Warhead does it, and they put Juggernaut back into whatever constraint that he needs to be under. So either Negasonic Teenage Warhead does it, or what happens is Negasonic Teenage Warhead is trying and trying and trying, and she's like, I'm losing it. And then he's going at her, right? Juggernaut starts to go at her. The rest of them are all defeated, and he's going at her. And then suddenly, boom, he's like stunned. And behind Negasonic Teenage Warhead is Patrick Stewart's Xavier using his mind on Juggernaut. It's another cameo. 
it would have been great. You would have had both Patrick Stewart's in the movie, by the way, which would have been also <laughs> hilarious, which would have also been hilarious and strange. And Deadpool could have made some weird joke about it, right? And that could have been that. like, a, Or or Xavier never comes in, and Negasonic Teenage Warhead is, is able to subdue him herself or something. But Because Juggernaut's not the most intelligent or cunning of the villains. He's just crazy immensely strong. So you get his helmet off. Teenage Warhead sub- subdues him. She gets a little more to do. Juggernaut is the powerhouse that he's supposed to be. I imagine him laying waste to most of this this orphanage. Some of the characters are off saving kids. Just there's a lot more going on here rather than what uh, we got, which is a little goofy and silly. And I don't know. That's just a fix for me. It just it just fixes some of the some of the underutilization of these characters. You can't pull Juggernaut out and not make him juggernaut you you could have grabbed a hundred other mutants that are just strong but instead you grabbed the strongest and that's kind of where deadpool went went wrong here that's, that's good pulling in their their real powers and actually making it work for cleaning it up that's that's good and why don't you give us a fix mustachio i kind of wanted to see more stuff where his weird appendages are reforming I'm I'm an appendage guy. So that actually plays into what I didn't like about the film was how it would jump around. Like he would just end up back at Blind Owls. He would end up back at the bar. I know in comic books, they jump around like back at the hideout or now the hero's in this place. (laughs) Well, I felt like the, the movie fucking like was just all over the place with that. Oh, yeah, he's out of the prison now so of course he's just gonna go end up back at the bar or back at big owls i kind of wanted to see it more of like a linear comic book timeline kind of like where where we see in spider-man how we see spidey actually have to go to these places and we see him swinging well with deadpool i know he's like parts in bags sometimes so maybe that those appendages come back together a little bit and see how he's getting around not just riding with dopinder in the cab I want to see him, you know, having to skulk around because half his, you know, body is gone. Or you want to see him have to walk around like a monkey? Or yeah, with the with the tiny leg. Actually, you know, we call it a translumbar or uh, hemicorporectomy. Someone that's just just arms and has the lower torso. At least show us that Deadpool's got a dirty side to him, and he's just trying to get around like any disabled individual enough to where we feel it in a linear way the the comics can jump around but a movie for me needs to be a little bit more progression and i know he's going to end up at big Owl, blind owls but show me how show me how he got there all right is that your final fix yeah and working in the fact that yeah i like appendages coming back together i want to see you know that reformation Maybe I don't want to see a, you know, a, a baby leg up close on him, but uh, show, show us a little something more of maybe a timeline sequence, how long it takes for that baby leg to <laughs> pop out and become a, pop out into a big old good looking an adult leg. sexy gam or something. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. All right. Oh. All right. Uh, CeeLo, do you have anything else for us That's or are you it. wrapped up? All right, well, without further ado, we should probably consider this. Fixed. Fixed. All right, so I have one final just comment. Brad Pitt's character that he cameoed as, Mm -hmm. the Vanisher, in the comics, he's a character that can teleport around, and the X-Force put a tumor in his head and forced him to teleport them around. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of shitty, right? Okay. All right. So let me send us home. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and anywhere that you listen to us, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also email us at screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram and Please send us a message. Be part of the show. You can also tweet us at ScreenFixPod. And please do that. And also we have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show. We have dreams of uh, keeping this podcast going for you for a long time, as well as opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting and film festivals and all kinds of other fun stuff. So let's send us out with 
your reaction when you saw Deadpool's baby penis? You go first, CeeLo. Uh-uh. Pass. Ugh. All right. And what was your... <laughs> well, there it is. Oh. What was your reaction to seeing Deadpool's baby penis, Mustachio? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. Um, oh, shit. Um, I looked away. <laughs> I think we all did. I went, I went, oh, they're not going to show it. They're not going to, oh, oh, yeah. That's, that's what I did. Yeah. I went, ah, they did it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a plumbus. What's a plumbus? What's that? Oh my goodness. On that note, everybody, please don't Google plumbus. All right. Bye everybody. Bye <laughs> everybody.